0: Uh, I was sitting in a Starbucks um, two weeks ago tomorrow, and uh, and um, just, just sitting there kind of thinking, praying, okay, God, we've got we've got a two-week break here because on January 9th, everybody say January 9th, January 9th, we're going to do something I've never done before, we've, so that means we've never done before. Um, we are going to preach through uh, one of the Gospels. And so we are starting uh, January 9th, we're going to preach through the book of Mark. Now we're going to do it a little bit differently than we did Galatians, okay, but we're going to take 16 weeks through the gospel of Mark and end on Easter, okay? So 16 weeks, (laughs) some of you are like, wow, you know, we just finished Christmas, we're already talking about Easter. Well, I mean, you know, creaster, okay? Anyway. um, all right, but, uh, but we're going to take 16 weeks. So, so I was praying uh, in that Starbucks, you know, and uh, God loves coffee shops. I'm just going to say that out, out loud, okay? Um, but I was going uh, to, was, I was sitting there, I was praying, okay, God, where do you want to go the 26th and the 2nd? I usually don't preach the 26th, right? And, uh, and, and just had an opportunity here to do two weeks, and, uh, and, and I just felt God kind of whispering into my heart, rest. And I thought, nope, that can't be it, right? So I fought God for about a week on rest, and then I was sitting in a Roma Joes, right? Figured I'd change it up uh, last Monday and just say, okay, God, really now, you really got to tell me where you want to go. And, I, and, and he, he whispered something into, into my heart that um, I had heard uh, before, right? That I'd heard the night before, and I'd heard really the week before, and it went a little bit like this, um, that I am just ready for Christmas to be over, right? I'm just ready for Christmas to be over, because I want the calmness that's on the other side. Anybody identify with that? There's a couple of you in the room are the ones that said that to me, and so you better be raising your hand, right? Um, but uh, but but just they 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 wanted the chaos, and and I thought to myself as I sat there listening. Number one, right? I get it, right. And number two how, let's go with interesting, is it? Because once it's Christmas, then I just can't wait for the new year. Then once it's that, I just can't wait for February break. Then I just can't wait for Easter break. Then I just can't wait for snow to melt so I can get back outside and go hiking again and mow my grass as opposed to dealing with all the snow. Then I just can't wait for July 4th, get a little break. Then I can't wait for Labor Day. Then I can't wait for, you know, and then it's, and then it's back to I can't wait for... And, and we're always in this mindset, this state of mind of I can't wait for the next thing to be over because we're always searching for the one thing that we never take time to do, and that's rest. And we always feel like at least if you're anything like me, maybe I'm just weird, which that's another conversation, okay, that we can unpack at a different time, right? But if you're any, anything like me, I always feel like the rest is right on the other side of the next thing. And can I tell you something? The biggest thing that we'll probably talk about today and next week that I've been kind of realizing over the last couple of years, I'm on a journey of rest. I've been trying for the last like five or six years to figure out how I rest. And I'm not there yet, but anyway. So these messages are more for me probably than anybody in the room. Um, Ashley keeps asking me, are you planning on putting these messages into practice? And I keep saying, that's not the point. <laughs> okay. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Um, but here's, here's kind of the overarching theme that I want you to grasp over the next couple weeks. Rest never comes. Everybody say never. never. Rest never comes by accident. Rest is never, ever, ever accidental. It's not accidental. Yet, yet, like we don't, we don't just trip into rest, right? We don't just trip into rest. There was one time I tripped into rest and it was about uh, it was about five weeks into my sabbatical back in 2019. Okay, I had a 12 week sabbatical, and finally, at about five weeks, I tripped into rest and realized, "Oh man!" Like one day, I woke up and was like, "This is rest, right?" But, but even then, it wasn't accidental, because it, took, it, it had been a five-week process of trying to get me there to turn off the mind. And when we think of rest, we've got to think about it in four categories. And we're going to talk more about this next week than we are this week. But I want to go ahead and give you the four categories, right? Because, because some of us rest really well in a couple of these, and, and some of us don't. Right? And, and, and some of us struggle with all four. Some of us rest better in, in, in the other categories than, than some. And, 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 and so it's all over the place. But when you think of rest, you've got to think of it in four places, right? Physical. Right. You got to have physical rest. You got to rest the body physically. Right. Especially if you do manual labor for work. I heard this one time. A a person that works with their mind rests with their hands. A person that works with their hands rests with their mind. Right. And so you can kind of think about that. Right. But there's physical rest. There's mental rest. Right? Which I feel like is probably one of the biggest ones we struggle with these days um, because, because the mind is just racing all of the time. There's new information, there's new mandates, there's new, there's new recommendations. And what's the difference between a recommendation and a requirement? And trying to figure all these things out. And, and who's, who, who are, you know, what's this place doing? What's this place doing? With the, what, you know, what is this workplace? And all, all these types of things. And we're trying to figure out all the information and gather it and take it in and process and figure out what we're going to do for ourselves, right? So there's mental rest, right, and then there's spiritual rest, right, where we get into the Word of God and we allow God to wash over us. And I'm going to submit to you this week and next week that, that we can't rest in the other three categories unless we're resting spiritually, okay, that that is the main, main area of rest, that we can't have physical rest, we can't have mental rest, and then the last one, emotional rest. We can't have any three of those unless we're resting spiritually. And we're going to talk about all four of those in the next two weeks. And I do know that we have kids in the room and they're probably thinking, rest, this is boring. We got Jonathan down here playing with gum. It's just, just, this is this is just, this is perfect. Okay. All right. All right. But, w- but when we think about rest, we've got to think about it in those four categories. And we want to launch from here in Hebrews chapter four. So if you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter four, we're going to be there and we're going to be in Matthew Okay, but we're, so we're going to be in those two places. You can kind of hold your thumb in both places this morning, uh, really, and next week if you want to read ahead. We're going to really unpack these both times, but I want to read verses 6 through 16 of Hebrews chapter 4. You guys with me? Okay, the three of you that are still with me. Okay, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're not going to unpack all of rest Okay, But, but what, what I love is that the writer of Hebrews, I wish we knew who the writer of Hebrews was. I have two opinions on who the writer of Hebrews was, but they don't matter at this, t- at this point in time because we're not unpacking all of the letter here. But whoever the writer of Hebrews was in Hebrews chapter 4 talks about two types of rest here. Commentators and scholars have tried to, have tried to pinpoint what the type of rest is that he's addressing here because, because um, some think he's addressing an eternal rest, right? When we, when we, um, when we go into the ground and, and we, and, and we you know, go into eternity and that eternal rest, others think it is the moment-by-moment moment rest, okay? I believe, and I believe there's enough information to unpack this, that he's talking about, ready for this? Both, okay? He's talking about both, right? That it's a both and. He's talking about rest, overarching, right? Whether that is your eternal rest... Right when you when you pass on this side of heaven onto the next right that is your eternal rest that is the reward the crown the the, the endless buffet of Chick Fil A right the sweet tea all the coffee you can drink like like all all those things and and guess what there's no calories in heaven amen right and so it's just free game right and so and so and so he's talking about that eternal rest but he's also applying it to the daily day by day rest. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 4, as we read it, let's read it in that context, verses 6 through 16. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it. He's talking about the rest, because he just said, they shall not enter my rest, right? For some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today. Everybody say today. Saying... Through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is a big deal, right? Verse 8, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would have not spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There's the week-to-week the week Sabbath rest for the people of God. We're going to talk about that. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his now there's two words that are coming up that I want you to underline and star let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed uh, to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Since then... We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet remain without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we we may have mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, it's interesting to me here right that the writer of hebrews is talking about rest and again he's talking about an eternal rest and he's talking about a sabbath rest right both and right not, not not one or the other both and he addresses them both here in this text right and then he goes in verse 11 let us therefore and i love the posture of the writer of hebrews right because we've been commanded right and we're going to get to it in just a little bit we've been commanded in the 10 commandments for a sabbath rest but he doesn't, he doesn't come with, with a staff in and, and his writing and anger and frustration and, and says, look, get your rest together. Get your act together. You've got to rest and starts beating people. He's saying, let us, right? And so the, the, the posture of this text is to say, this is a gift for you that you should enter into, right? That rest is a gift for you to receive. Right? The rest is something that is given of the mind. Why? Because we have a high priest. Right? Because we have a Jesus who is sitting on the throne of grace. He is sitting on the throne and there is nothing, everybody say nothing, that he can't handle. So get you know what that means? You can take a nap. That, mean, that means you can take a minute. That means... That means if you unplug, if you put this in the other room, if you leave it in the car, or if you throw it in the bottom of Sebago Lake. Some guys over here are ready. Maybe we'll do that next week after church. We'll just drive up and we'll have a chucking party. We'll just chuck it, alright? Right? All right? That the, the nothing's going to crash and burn. That, every, that it's going to be Okay? That you can unplug and take a minute. The biggest lie that we tell ourselves is that we, are, that, that we are indispensable. That we're indispensable. Right? That if we don't, then no one will. If we don't, then no one will. Now, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I think we struggle with this bigly in the church. We struggle with this big time in the church. My, my mentor... Uh, Thad and his wife Lori—they just closed their church this year, and uh, and 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 one of the reasons that they did is because they were doing everything. They were doing everything, and they were just tired and they were worn out. They got six kids; their kids were struggling with ministry and God and questions and all these these, these different things because their whole lives, their whole lives have been invested into this church. And so, so you know what they did in June? They said we're gonna take we're gonna take ten weeks and we're just gonna not. And we're going, to, we're going to tell the folks that, hey, all of this can happen if you do it. And guess what they did? Nothing. Because Thad and Lori didn't. The people didn't. And so Thad and Lori had this realization one day. We can't keep doing if the people aren't going to help. And so they realized that that was the closure of their church. And so they closed it down and they said, we, you guys need to go find a place that's going to disciple you into ministry because the whole point of ministry is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. See, see, we bought into this model of church where the staff, the pastor does everything. Right? Not here. You guys are awesome. You're incredible, but you're not normal. I told the staff last week, we were having a staff breakfast and I looked around because you know this is really the first church staff experience for a couple of these guys. Uh, this isn't normal. You're not normal. The generosity of Summit Church to your staff team, to our ministry partners, to the, to the people around to meet the need that we met on Thursday, it's, y'all, y'all are ridiculous. You're over the top. Pastor Appreciation Month is unreal here and it's not normal. Other churches don't experience that. And I was sharing that with the staff on Monday. I was just overwhelmed by the generosity of our people. Somebody just handed me an envelope full of cash last Sunday and said, take the staff out, take the staff out, just bless them. And, and just, just take, take them out, just love on them, bless them. And so we did that Monday morning. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Where was I? that right to equip the saints of the work for the work of ministry right our job my job as your pastor in the book of Ephesians I believe it is that says this Paul tells Paul tells the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and so your job my job is to make heaven as big as we can and to do whatever it takes not to pull off the show on Sundays and Friday night, Christmas Eve, right? But to do whatever it takes to push people to heaven, to push people to Jesus, because he's the only hope they have. And listen, he is the only place in which they can find rest in an exhausted culture. Right? Let us, let us, therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, strive to enter that Rest and so the writer of Hebrews here is given an invitation in response to a gift, right? Let us, let us. There's not a. There's not a command. It's just. It's just an invitation, right? Let us draw near. Let us strive to enter into that rest. Why? Because Jesus is on the throne, right? He's still in control. We can rest as a result. Let us. So let us do our best. To enter that rest. Let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. So let us do our best to enter the rest. Right? So notice, this is a very special Rest, And some of you may ask, well, what is that rest? And we've already addressed this a little bit. An eternal rest, like the rest in peace after you die. But others believe that he was referring to a deep, meaningful, spiritual Sabbath rest, where we actually rest from our work on earth. And from our study, from my study, I'm going to apply this principle to both, that an eternal rest and a temporary, re- temporary rest on earth. And so we battle with this idea of rest. And let me, t- let me tell you real quick before we move on one more time. I love, I'm, I'm going to try to get as personal and as vulnerable here as, as I can today and, and next week, and then we'll get back to the fluff January 9th, okay? Um, as I never get personal and vulnerable. Uh, I, I love the idea of rest, don't you? Like, don't you don't you just love that picture like like I want you to think for just a moment, kind of dream for just a moment december twenty sixth right I want you to dream of like the perfect rest let me tell you can I tell you can I tell you all right all all the kids like kneeling in in the in the middle room right because this this it, it, i can't even i can 't even picture this in my own house like that's the right that, that that just that just doesn't happen right we go on vacation to rest like we go away so that we can rest, because then you don't have to worry about vacuuming and cleaning and all that stuff, right, and dishes in the sink and all those different things, right, I told you I'm gonna get personal and vulnerable, right, and, 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 and so I, I'm picturing, right, when I picture rest, like I'm picturing this log cabin in the middle of the woods, right, maybe on a lake, right, maybe not, with a big picture window that just looks out, right, it's just beautiful, and all the kids getting along, smiling, but quietly, not too loud, right, but quietly on their knees, putting a puzzle together, playing a game together, that Type of thing, right? You know, Kristen on the couch next to me in the big recliner, right? With, with I've got I've got coffee. She's got hot chocolate. She's just admiring the kids with a with a magazine or a book or something like that and a pencil and she's taking notes, right? And I'm just sitting there with a giant book. There's no TV around to be found, right? And we're just we're just admiring, We're just sitting. We're just being in the presence of each other, right? Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that sound awesome? When's the last time we did that, kids? Never, right? Right? Like, like it's it, right. But that, but, but we all have this picture. We all have this picture of rest. And and the writer of Hebrews says, "Let us strive, therefore, to enter that rest." Now, that rest might be superficial in my mind, right? But there's some version of that that's possible to create with a little bit of intentionality. You see where I'm going with this, right? If you have not planned. This week, how you are going to rest and get away spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Guess what? You're behind. You're behind. You're behind. The writer of Hebrews says, let us, the invitation here, strive, therefore, to enter that rest. And that word strive is huge for us. And Because it means there's work to do to rest. Think about the example that we have of rest. Okay, Uh, creation, right? Six days he worked, the seventh, what did he do? Rest. He worked first, rested, right? And so there is work involved to prepare ourselves and to let us rest, striving to enter into that rest. And so there is a posture, there is a work, there is intentionality, there is a planning piece that comes to rest. And that's why we don't rest. Rest. That's why we don't rest, because it takes too much work to rest, right? I've got to plan something, I've got to figure something out, I've got to, you know, right? It and it, it, it takes too much work to rest. Let's just give him an offering bucket, and he can just keep going around and telling people, hey, keep, keep dropping, right? We're going to take, how many offerings do you want to take up today, Jonathan? Like three or four? That's how many laps you can do, bud, right? right? He's, not, he's not bugging me, and he's not bugging anybody else, right? He's good. A little commercial break. All right? But let us strive, therefore, let us, therefore, strive to enter into that rest. That's the mandate. And that's what I want you to get. This is not a command. Hear me. Hear me. This is not a command that we can afford to ignore. This is not a calling on the church and on Christian people that we can afford to ignore, There are too many of my brothers and sisters in Christ that are turned off from ministry, turned off from church, turned off from God, not because of anything that happened to them other than they didn't rest. They burned out. And, And listen, I know the temptation for you is to sit there and say, Travis, what are you talking about? You're a professional Christian. Right? You're a pastor you work on sundays and at that you work like 4 hours <laughs> on a sunday and then you're done and and your job is like dealing with me and i'm the best right like i don't weigh on you at all, all right let me tell you let me tell, let me tell you something and and again personal and vulnerable okay um and, and I'm not going to get into too much detail with this because I don't want to make it about me. I want to keep the focus and attention on the Word of God, right? But I can come to you and speak from a place of burnout. Not once, but twice. It's like college cramming all four years into five. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> all right, I just want to make sure I got the full experience, But I didn't learn my lesson the first time, so I I got to go through it again. And it's not fun. And if you don't have people around you that will pour into you and sit at a burger joint and look at you and say, you've got two options, which one are you going to choose? It's a scary place to be. I know where you are. I had a family member look at me after my second burnout and say, Maybe ministry's not for you. Have you ever thought about that? Like, if you can't swing this, maybe ministry's not for you. Right? And so, and so I come from a place where I recognize that we can't afford to not rest. We can't afford not to rest the writer of hebrews says let us strive therefore i don't think it's an accident let me say this and then we'll and then we'll then we'll move on okay i don't think it's an accident that the writer of hebrews says let us strive therefore to enter that rest and then he goes into talking about the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword right because because what he's saying there is you don't rest without god piercing through joints and marrow. Go back, go back to the text. Look at, look at what he says there, right? We, we use this for the word of God. Verse 12 is sharper, is living and active. First of all, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And then get verse 13, and no creature is hidden from his sight I believe what the writer of Hebrews is saying there is every person in the room needs to strive to enter into the rest that God offers and that he brings I mean we just celebrated a time of year where hope joy peace that surpasses understanding love all centered around the person and work of Jesus so let us strive therefore to enter into that rest. Somebody looked at me one day when I was struggling to rest, I guess. I'll, I'll put it that way. And they said to me, one of the most spiritual things you can do is rest. One of the most spiritual things you can do is rest. And can I tell you something? It completely blew my paradigm because I thought my spiritual value was in what I produce. was in my work. But it's actually pleasing to God when I rest. It's pleasing to God when I rest. And isn't that counter to everything we've been taught? Right? Because, because when, I, when I first got into ministry and even when I was, even, even when I was in ministry school of pastoral leadership, I remember pastoral leadership 350, pastoral leadership 450, right? And, and it was like a badge of honor. Right? How late we would stay up studying, right? How how long we would work, right? And 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 do you ever have competitions like that, right? And 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 you fight over you you try to one up each other, right? And how long you slept the night before, right? And you try to right, well, I, I you know I got seven hours, yeah, I got six and a half, beat this, I got two, boom, well give the guy a cookie, right, and a cup of coffee right? And, 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 so, and so we have this competition mentality when it comes to rest, right? When it comes to rest. And so what do we need to do? My question for you this morning is, does your body need rest? I want you to kind of think about this. Does your mind need rest? Does your soul need rest? And if you're not keeping the Sabbath, if you're not taking a day off, I can almost answer absolutely and completely for you. The answer is Yes. Psalm 37, verse 7. I like this verse in the King James Version. It's translated this way. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Wait patiently for Him. I don't know about you, but every time I see the word patient in Scripture, it just jumps out, just jumps off the page at me because I'm not a very patient person. I love that phrase that we actually rest in the Lord. We rest in the Lord the Lord. And so what do we need to do? We need to rest in the Lord. We need to rest in his promises. We need to rest in his provisions. We need to rest in his faithfulness. And whatever is a burden to you, say, you know what? I'm trusting this to Jesus. I'm giving this to him. I can rest because my God has this. And that's why, church, Very practically, and again, I'm going to try not to make this all about me and and, and a counseling session today and next Sunday, but hear this. That's why I try to take Fridays off. And lately, I've tried to ignore phone calls on Fridays. Because I need a day where I just don't. I need a day where I can just be. I need a day where I can go watch Vera, my little four-year-old in a tutu, uh, at, at dance class from 1045 to 1130 and not have to worry about doing anything else other than watching her dance around to, to, to songs that, that sound like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> it's, it's the cutest thing. It's the cutest thing. You can come, watch, wear a mask, come, watch, whenever. I'll tweet you. Anyway, right? I need a day. You need a day, right? I need a day. You need a day. And so I try to work as hard as I can Sunday through Thursday. I try to do most of my sermon work. You can ask Kristen how well this works, right? This year, okay? Right? But I try to do most of my sermon work on Mondays. People ask me all the time, when do you when do you when do you try to do it? And I'm like, Mondays, and they're shocked. Like you don't take a day from the No, if you if 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 I don't do it on Monday, it's a day wasted, right? And then Thursday, like it's amazing how quickly Sunday comes. It's like every seven days. <laughs> and I've got a weekly Sunday after Sunday job performance review. <laughs> right? Because you can tell you can tell somebody was sitting at Panero's, really encouraging a couple weeks ago and they said you know I can just tell I can just tell the Sundays when you've put a lot of work into that message you know what I heard there are times that you put a lot of work into that message and then there are times it's clear you don't right so let's flip over, let's flip over, let's get practical. Matthew chapter 11, you had to know where we're going here. Matthew chapter 11, uh, I don't remember what the text uh, that's going to be on your screen is, but I'm going I'm to jump back to verse 25, I think you're just going to have 28 through 30 on your screen, but that's okay, right? We're going to jump back to verse 25, y'all okay? Okay, very good. We might change the topic for next week, this is too uncomfortable. Okay. At that time, verse 25, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now let me sum up 25 through 27 for you for just a moment. Jesus is saying, I have the same authority as the Father, right? As the Father is, so I am. We see this all consistent throughout the Gospels, right? And in fact, Jesus, right, in John 17, his high priestly prayer, he prays that that we, the church, the body of Christ, would be one as he and the Father are one. And so Jesus models this unity with the Father, Right. And so what he's saying is I have the same authority uh, as as the father does. And here I am present to you. I'm revealing myself to you. I'm offering relationship and connection to the father. Right. If you would trust me, if you would believe in me, if you would follow me. And then in verse 28, he says, come to me, therefore, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you more time. isn't that what we all want? right? How often do you hear that? Oh, if I could just have an extra day in the week. Oh, if I could just have an extra two hours. Oh, if I could just have an extra six. Right? That's not what he says. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, see, this rest is a problem, right? But it's not just a problem here. The only industrialized country in the world that takes less time off from work than we do is Japan. In fact, the situation there is probably worse. I found this interesting. Although they supposedly get two weeks of paid vacation a year, most don't even take that. The Japanese work so hard that one of the most pressing health issues in Japan is what they call karoshi. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but karoshi, which means death by overwork. So this isn't, just, this isn't just something that we run into, this isn't just something, right, we're not just the only ones that are tired, this is something all across the world. When I talk to missionaries like Yaku, um, I got a message from Ian and Amber yesterday just saying Merry Christmas and we're thankful for you, but when I look at them, when I see them, they're they constantly, they're constantly overworked, they're constantly going, they're constantly doing things. And the first thing I want you to see from our Matthew text this morning, Matthew chapter 11, is the call to rest. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who labor, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary. And some, and some of you, I'm, I'm kind of looking around the room, let me just say something, right? One of the biggest misconceptions, uh, I believe, is that when you retire, you automatically rest. Amen? Some of you retired folks? I I know some people that have retired in the last five or six years, and they're busier now than they were than they worked, right? That's interesting, right? So Jeff plan well, okay? All right, but the call to rest. Come to me, all who are weary, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is calling us to rest in him. Let's think about Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11. This is in the Ten Commandments. We see this clearly early in scripture. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. If you want to read about Sabbath and do a deep dive into Sabbath, there's a phenomenal book called Subversive Sabbath that, that a lot of this has come from, right? And you can read it and, and think it's as dumb as just like I do, okay? Um, No, I'm just kidding. It's a phenomenal book and and really need to work on it, right? On it, you, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, right? Even includes the livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy this seems in some sense like the most unusual of the commandments doesn't it rest take a day right don't be in control of anything don't be just be right now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean because because i almost did i almost did some misconceptions of rest and we might do that next sunday but one of the biggest misconceptions of rest right is sitting on the couch right there is a difference, hear me, there is a difference between numbing and resting. Very different. What you're going to do today from 1 to 4.30 is numbing. Not necessarily restful. Especially if we rely on the fourth quarter to beat the Bills. Okay? Alright? I'm not, I'm not going any further, Matt. I'm going to stop it right there. I'm going to leave it. Okay? Everybody knows where I stand. Okay? Right? There's a difference between numbing and resting. Many times we're numbing and we think we're resting. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Okay? But what God calls here in Exodus chapter 20 and then Jesus repeats in Matthew 11 is a command. Come to me, all who labor, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, and rest. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Be. Be. Now, now, I don't believe, number one, that there is one day that's a Sabbath. Okay? I, I don't, I, I, for some of you, it might be Sunday. For me, it's not Sunday. It's just not. Right? It's Friday. Okay? Most weeks. Some weeks. Okay? Right? But, but I'm trying to be honest. Right? So I don't believe... And, and, and likewise... So you may Sabbath on a different day. Secondly, you may Sabbath in a different way. Right? The way that I Sabbath may not be the way that you Sabbath. Right? Like, like people look at me all the time. Uh, you you want to know one of the best ways I Sabbath? One of the most restful things for me to do, I, I, I kid you not, one of the most restful things for me to do is run. I love it. And I'm, I'm convinced one of the reasons why is because I don't take my phone with me. It is me and the trees and the, and the ground, and, and, and I love it. R- running, hiking, something physical to get me outside and enjoying the trees, which is biblical. And if you've ever been to a men's breakfast, you've probably heard me talk about that, right? But, but, but that, so, so many of you, right, how many of you don't like to run? Let's be honest. How many of you don't like to run? I see those hands, right? You're not going to Sabbath in the same way I'm going to Sabbath, and that's okay, right? But the command to Sabbath is no different for you than it is for me. And so you've got to figure out how you Sabbath, right? For some of you, it's probably reading a book. For some of you, it's not looking at a computer screen. For some of you, it's, you know, whatever the case may be, you've got to do the work, strive therefore to enter into that rest to figure out how you Sabbath and when you Sabbath, what day of the week that's going to be. And then guess what you've got to do? You've got to communicate that out, Right? You've got to communicate that out to people so that, so that they know. Because you know, who, you, you know who doesn't like when we try to plan our Sabbath, when we try to plan rest? The devil. Why? Because he knows that you're getting re-energized for the work of God and for the work of being and for the work of a husband and for the work of a father. And he wants to keep you as weak as he possibly can. And so the biggest, the biggest thing he would like to rob is your rest. For the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil doesn't take the Sabbath off with you. There's nothing he would like more than to rob your rest. And so, and so we've got to figure out how we rest, and we've got to communicate it out so that, so that, so that you can know, right? So that they can know. And, and granted, I mean, there, there, are, there, are, there are extenuating circumstances, Right? There are things you're going to have to shift. There are there are times you're going to have to move. There are times that you're going to have to bend, and 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 don't stress out about that, right? Let those things happen, right? Let those things happen. Happens for me all the time. And you've got to decide, okay, is this something to break Sabbath for, right? Is this something to break Sabbath for, right? So you've got to figure out a when you're going to do it and b how you're going to do it, right? But the command is the same. Right? Why would God require us not to work on the seventh day? Because it's a special day. Right? Because we need to rest. Did God need to rest? This means yes. This means no. Did God, creator of the universe, need to rest? Probably not. Right? I don't don't buy that. Right? He's God. But he did it anyway. So he rests, right, sets the model for rest, sets the example for rest, right, that it doesn't matter whether you think you need it or not, rest, rest, fill the tank, fill the tank. Uh, we see Jesus model it on earth. He went away to the mountains to pray, got alone, isolated himself 40 days in the wilderness before he began his work of ministry so that he could fill himself up for the work of ministry. All right, we got to run. The resistance to rest, right? The resistance to rest. Look at this. Um, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the command to rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest For your souls Resistance to rest I want you to think of two things here Number one, busyness we spend our lives, we've already talked about this, running from appointment to appointment, thing to thing, place to place. We live guided by our calendars. We hear all the time, if you're a leader in any in, in any way, form, or fashion, you've probably heard this, own your calendar, because if you don't, someone will own it for you, right? And so you've got to spend your lives running from appointment to appointment. We live guided by our calendars. You've got to decide who can who can who can jump in and jailbreak and, and and make changes to your calendar right and and for me right that's pretty easy right I've got a, I've got a I've got a I've got a relatively long list right but but you know if Kristen or the kids call at any point everything stops right and people around me know I'm going to prioritize them right because guess what You will probably leave and go somewhere else at some point in my life. They're stuck with me, and I'm, you know, and and I with them. They can't go find another church. That looks bad. And so we're in this, and so I and so I've got to make sure that they own a portion of that, and that they can they that 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 they have access. To me, when I committed to, okay, I'm not going to tell that, okay. And then the second thing is peer pressure. Peer pressure. Busyness and peer pressure, right? Listen, one of the biggest things that that I've learned, especially over the last couple years as our staff has grown and this, I've, I've grown and our churches have gotten a little bit bigger and then smaller and then kind of bigger again. and Who knows where we're at right now? everybody's plate's a different size, right? Like, like the, the, people, the people who have that large plate that can just handle things and can just manage things and they just do it like it's nothing and all, 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 all that, right? Everybody's plate is a different size, right? And, and, and one of the biggest ways where we mess ourselves up is when we try to take a plate that we're not ready for, right? And we try to live up to someone else's plate and we weren't created to do that. Stay in your lane. Be obedient to the things that God has tasked you with that only you can do and don't allow the peer pressure of the people around you to shame you into burnout. To shame you into exhaustion. Now, there are times, and again, I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer like, to every single one. There are times right now, like, like, like our first responders and our nurses and our doctors right now, they're spent. There's one right there. They're spent, and they're taking shifts, and they can't say no right now, and they can't do that. And so this, this message in this series probably even might seem like a slap in the face to some people who just can't rest right now. Well for, for, for many of us, we're not in that place. But we think we are. And we place ourselves in this place where we allow peer pressure and busyness to rob our rest. And steal it right away from us. Your plate may not be as big as the person next to you. Your plate may not be as big as your spouse's plate. Your, and that and listen to me, that is okay. That's kind of the point of why God might have put you together. Because there's things you can handle on your plate that they probably can't. And vice versa. It's called a team. A partnership. Right? And so it goes with every other place in our lives. Right? The resistance to rest, busyness, peer pressure. And then lastly, the last thing I want to look at this morning is the benefits of rest, right? A renewed mind, a renewed mentality, a, a, a renewal emotionally, a restored spirit. Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, I heard somebody say this one time, uh, e- either you rest or God will make you Right? And so the benefits of rest is a renewed mind, a renewed mentality, a, a, a renewal emotionally, a restored spirit. So I want to give you some practical things this week to start thinking about. Okay, I think there's three of them. Just some practical things. We're going to run through these because I think I've said everything I can say from the texts this morning. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to think about three things, especially as we turn the page into a new year this week. Okay, Number one, talk. Spend time with Jesus. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, the Navigators, this ministry, right, this discipleship ministry that we're pretty close with, they, they abbreviate everything. Um, And one of the things they abbreviate, one of the terms I learned was tog time, T-A-W-G, time alone with God, tog time right? And so take talk time, time to rest and spend your time focusing on God, his promises to you, his commands to you, his love of you, your Sabbath, right? Take time with Jesus. Plan this week for how you're, December 31st is not the time to plan to do a a New Year's reading plan. Plan now, Right. And we Kristen and I were talking last night about our goals for the new year. And I was thinking uh, because there's a 90 day reading plan that you could read the Bible in 90 days. And I was thinking, well, I want to do that, but I also want to read some nonfiction and I also want to read this. And so I probably set myself up for failure if I go for the 90 day reading plan. Like I'm just I'm just being honest, being practical. Right. And so maybe I should back that down and do a different one. Right. But I'm already planning with intentionality how I am going to spend time with God next year right? That's priority. Priority number one, right? talk time. Spend time with Jesus. Rest in his promises. Rest in his commands to you. Preach the gospel to yourself daily. Meditate on a truth or a promise from God each and every single day. Spend time with Jesus. Number two, take a break. Take a break, right? Take a break, That was a hand, okay, anyway, right? (laughs) Take a break, be inactive, right? Rest is not the same as recreation, right? But you've got to define that again, right? You've got to define that again for yourself. In your inactivity, don't force others to be active, okay? Right, but take a break. This includes getting ample sleep. Sleep at night, okay? Most adults require seven to nine hours. Hours of sleep a night. Thirteen-year-olds require sixteen hours of sleep at night. Apparently, um, I'm just kidding. That was a knock on Bria. I love you, Beeps. Okay, uh, right. But maybe you need to set two alarm clocks. One for you to one for when you get up. One for when you go to bed. Right. Because too many of us stay up far too late. Get ample sleep at night. Also, get ample sleep during the day. Right. My wife is going to love this. This is her spiritual gift. Take naps. Take naps, right? if necessary, without apology or shame. Without apology or shame. Rest. Take a break. Um, One of the the things, I went to Israel one time with uh, Dr. Jerry Falwell's chief of staff. His name was Duke. And uh, and Duke was telling stories about he and Dr. Falwell's adventures kind of all week as we were there. And one of the ones that stuck with me was um, how he and Dr. Falwell would take a nap every day and, uh, and 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 they and they figured out the art of the power nap and i've 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 tried to learn this and cultivate this within my life ever since i heard this like 16 years ago 15 years ago right? And and, and the way they would do it is they would pull into a parking lot in their vehicle, right? Whether it was rented, they were on the road, or whether they were in Lynchburg, Virginia, and they would just pull into the Walmart parking lot, they would turn on the AC as high as they possibly could, the music really loud, and they would sleep and set an alarm for 10 minutes. And they could both fall asleep just like that. And then 10 minutes later, they would wake up and it was like they had experienced a full night of sleep. I've tried that time and time again, and it doesn't work for me. But for them, it worked, and they would feel refreshed, and they would go back and do the things they would do, and Dr. Falwell would go preach the message that he was supposed to preach, and they would do it, and that's how they functioned, right? They figured out how to get ample sleep and rest, right, for their bodies physically to nurture themselves, right? They're, they're, I don't know how to do, say this, so let's just move on, okay, right? But take a break, Right? rest take a break and again that doesn't necessarily mean sitting on your couch but it could it could one of my favorite ways to take a break but I'm not sure it's good for my family health because I kind of get immersed into it we did it yesterday is a puzzle I love puzzles I can get boom into puzzles and ignore everything around me we did a 500 I'm so glad that Ezra got a 500 piece puzzle for Christmas yesterday that I could put together last night it was awesome it was awesome. I think he might have done like two pieces, right? But 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 whatever you do, spend time with Jesus. Take a break, and then lastly, last thing I want to talk about today: worship team, come on up, because we've kind of already talked about this. Find what is rest for you, and so so here, here's the challenge. Okay, plan Jesus right. Plan to spend time with Jesus. Figure that out. If you haven't figured that out already, right, plan how you're going to spend time with Jesus. Plan your breaks. Plan how you're going to, with intentionality, take a break this week, next week, and so on, right? Don't wait until December 31st to figure these things out. And then lastly, figure out how to rest. Figure out how you rest. Here's some ways to do this. Evaluate, right? What have been the best moments of the last 12 months? What have been some of the best moments of the last 12 months? right, figure that out, right, talk to the people around you, right, talk to your spouse, if you have a spouse, talk to your coworkers if you have, right, and say, when do I seem the most fulfilled, not happy, when do I seem the most fulfilled, right, that's probably restful for you, right, talk and figure that out, and plan those things out, and listen, it may not be feasible, it may not be feasible for you to sit and do that, right, every week. It may not be feasible for you to do an activity that's restful for you every week, but give yourself a finish line. Give yourself a finish line. I've preached every Sunday and, and Christmas Eve since, since uh, before Labor Day, right? I'm ready for a finish line, but I've got January 23rd when Zan's going to be up here hopefully in that sweater preaching because <laughs> the Patriots will still be playing right? And, and, and I'm going to be down getting filled up at the Axis Church in Nashville and hearing a message and receiving and getting poured into to come back, right? And so one of the things that's restful for me is to realize that I don't have to preach every Sunday for this church to thrive, right? And I know that. I know that. But I've done a pretty long stretch here, right, and so I'm looking forward to January 23rd when I take a break, right, when I rest, when I go get poured into and filled up, and so I've got that finish line scheduled, right, and usually it's more, it's more scheduled out than that, there's more frequent breaks in there, but we've had a little bit of an interesting season here, transitioning into the middle school and all those different things, and it sounds like excuses for my lack of rest, it's not, right, I'm just telling you, showing you an illustration of how I do this, okay, And you need to do that. You need to find and figure out what is rest for you. It starts with Jesus. Take a break and then figure out what's rest for you this week and put those things into practice, right? The whole cliche thing is you want to know how to have the best year of your life next year, right? Rest has got to be a part of that. It's got to be a part of that. And I would argue that it's got to be first. And I would argue that because I think we've seen it this morning that Scripture places it there. Because the biggest piece of rest, Matthew 11, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's what I'm going to do. Okay? I just want to pray for you. We're going to sing a song in just a moment that I love. We haven't done a a lot, but it talks about God being redeemer, restorer, and I just just want to ask you a question. Every head bowed, every eye closed, it's just me looking around, okay, me and God. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, I need this. I don't know how to do this, but I need this. I want you to know I'm raising my hand. I need this. I need more of this. And I need to figure out how to make this more of a practice in my life. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to pick on you. I'm not going to call you out. Would you just lift up your hand if you'd say, Pastor, pray for me as I figure out rest in my life? Anybody at all? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Okay. All right. I need to make rest a priority for me. Pray for me. I'm tired, I'm weary. Worn out. Anybody else? So, Father, I pray that each and every one of us in this room, especially those who raise their hand, God, that you would make us lie down in green pastures. That you would lead us. Besides still waters, that we would find rest for our souls. God that we would come to you. God that we wouldn't see ourselves as we wouldn't see ourselves as you, we wouldn't place ourselves on your throne, where we lie to ourselves and say, we don't need rest, that we're good. But that God, we would make you a priority and make us a priority and rest.